Alan Jackson welcoming you to the June 30th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by the Security Federal Bank. Security Federal is a local community development financial institution, which means that they are here to help us, particularly in low and moderate income communities and other areas that are in need of revitalization. Uh, If you have a business located in an area there, a home that you live in or rental property, Uh, any of those things um, that you would be interested in getting some capital for, uh, please contact my friends at Security Federal and they may be able to assist you. Uh, They have 17 locations between Augusta, Georgia and Columbia, South Carolina, uh, and they are here to serve and we are proud to have them as a sponsor of Local Matters. Also, uh, the program is always sponsored by my firm, and that is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. Um, If you want to learn more about the services that we provide, uh, please check my website. That is JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com. Also at that website, there is a Local Matters tab, and you can find any show that I have recorded listed there at that tab. Today, my guest is Mr. Kenneth Macon. He is the host of the Making a Difference podcast. Uh, He has been in the Augusta area for many years providing good information. And you all know I like to have uh, other podcasters on from time to time. So I'm proud to have Kim with us today. As an introduction to our conversation, uh, we're going to uh, discuss the Augusta metro area, in particular, the North Augusta side. Uh, He's been actively involved in improving that community, and he's going to talk about those efforts. But by introduction, I would like to discuss just a little um, uh, census terms, a few census terms for you. Um, The Augusta metro area, you'll hear people make reference to Metro Augusta. Um, That is an abbreviation for the Augusta Metropolitan Statistical Area, or an MSA. That's how the Census Bureau classifies communities. We are part of the Augusta, Richmond County, Georgia, South Carolina, Metropolitan Statistical Area. When you hear people make reference to Metro Augusta, they are talking about an area that is composed of the following counties being Richmond, Burke, Columbia, Lincoln, and McDuffie over on the Georgia side. And then on the South Carolina side, there is Aiken and Edgefield. So all of those counties put together make up Metro Augusta. And the total population for Metro Augusta is estimated at about 608,000 people. If somebody talks to you about the population in Augusta, that is roughly 200,000. So each one of those other counties has population. We've got two really large counties and they have population that contributes to that 608, 609,000. Aiken County is the next largest. Aiken County has about 170,000 people and Columbia County probably has about 150, 
Uh, so we're getting to the point where Richmond, Aiken, and Columbia County are all getting really close to being the same size. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised that within the next 10 years, by the time we do that next census, all three of those counties are roughly 200,000 apiece. Uh, hopefully Augusta will have grown some, but um, those other two counties are growing fast uh, on us. Um, with that lesson behind us, uh, let's hear from Ken Macon. Here on Local Matters, you know that I think all of my guests are special. Um, but today I have somebody who's really special because he's really part of the reason that I started the Local Matters podcast to begin with. Uh, I had been a guest on his show and uh, afterwards a friend of mine listened to it and said, you ought to do your own show. And uh, I started just sort of putting things together. And here we are. I've uh, been doing my own show for over a year now. Uh, that person is Ken Macon. He has been a local radio personality. And he also has the Making a Difference podcast that he has been doing for several years. So uh, I just want him to sort of share his journey of how it is that somebody who went to Florida A&M one day, next day, found themselves podcasting. So tell us all about it, Ken. I sure, I sure will. So glad to be on the podcast and obviously to, um, to be an inspiration for this podcast in that way. Let me first and foremost say, appreciate, uh, congratulations on uh, potting for over a year. And I'm more impressed, um, aside from obviously just the content of the podcast, just the consistency of the podcast. And I always tell people that is so important, you know, when you're um, doing this type of work and, you know, providing content in this way. So congratulations um, on all of the above. Thank you. But as it stands, yes, how does a young man go from, look, studying engineering at Florida A&M University um, to becoming a podcaster? And the short answer is having left school and really just um, really getting into a love and a passion for journalism and having that uh, journalism journey, if you will, uh, go from, you know, covering sports to uh, gaining more of a, of a local beat, a city beat and getting into city politics and local politics in Augusta and having that transition to really just um, the immediate area. And that's really the, that was the genesis of the podcast. It started the podcast. Uh, it started out as, as you mentioned, as a radio show uh, with WKZK in 2015, um, making a difference. And actually about six months in, I got married and, you know, just wanted to have something uh, a little more consistent in terms of, you know, just starting a family, raising, you know, raising kids, things like that. So made that transition, but did not want to give up the podcast, did not want to give up um, that dialogue, that community conversation. And so that's how I ended up going from a radio show to a podcast. And so I've now been doing that six years. It's amazing to think about that, to, you know, tally it all up and, um really, you know, just having accomplished um, a lot with the podcast and having a lot of important conversations. And just even myself, um, I won't say so much inserting myself into um, into politics and into city government, but just really speaking to concerns that I see in my community and, you know, concerns that otherwise would not be brought up. And so I'm just glad to be able to do that. I'm still doing that, actually doing a bunch of that in North Augusta, um, which of course is, uh, you know, bordering Augusta and I'm glad to have those conversations. Great. Now, in addition to podcasting, you do a lot of writing. 
Yes. Well, in fact, you have written some pieces about uh, professional sports. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about uh, how uh, successful you've been in getting those published? I think it's some in national publications. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I've I've had the good fortune to uh, be a freelancer and a pretty consistent freelancer for ESPN. ESPN is the undefeated specifically. It's a kind of a race culture sports mix um, that caters to the African-American community. I've also had the good fortune to write for the Christian Science Monitor, and that actually started, I want to say, um, this past, well, I should say it's been a year now, because uh, it was last June uh, that I wrote a piece for them entitled The Forgotten King, because I've been seeing a lot of commentary that had really just gotten away from the essence of who Dr. King was, and so I wanted to revisit that and say, hey, look, Dr. King was more than a, the I have a dream speech. You know, there is a... Um, a dynamic to Dr. King, a working class dynamic that, you know, is often uh, not appreciated, I don't think, um, particularly when you look at his work, in, uh, a lot of his work in Memphis um, before he was assassinated. And so I had a chance to write that piece. It was really well received. And so I've been writing uh, pieces for Christian Science Monitor for the better part of the, well, no, excuse me, for more than a year now. So I've actually been doing more writing, I would say in 2021, uh, than I've been doing podcasting. And so I just try to Keep a good balance, obviously, you know, with work um, and, you know, being a family man, being a look at a dad, uh, look, a husband and a dad um, of a three year old. And look, got another little fella coming here next month. So excited about all of the above. Yes. Well, congratulations to you and Mrs. Macon. Uh, Thank you. Kylie. I wasn't sure that was ever going to happen. So I'm glad that you all <laughs> went ahead and decided to give uh, your first child, a, a little uh, brother. So that's great. That's great. <laughs> yes. And he'll have lots of fun and you'll be glad they have each other to play with, let me tell you. Most certainly. Hi. Um, and I also want to address uh, local issues. You know, most of the time I focus on Augusta and the Georgia side uh, because that is where I live. But truth be told, uh, North Augusta is local to us too. You're right across mm-hmm. the river. Uh, sometimes I probably spend more money over on that side of the river than I do on my side because I, I live in East Augusta and, you know, sometimes our food options and things are not the best on that side mm-hmm. of the river. So I, I spend a lot of time at the Walmart and the Kroger and the Publix over there in North Augusta. Um, so I see signs for political candidates and, you know, obviously watching the news, I get a little bit of a feel for what's going on over there. And I think I see the same type of two worlds in North Augusta that I see in Augusta. You know, recently, as you uh, highlighted uh, to me in another conversation, you talked about how I'd done that contrast on homeless people and thousand dollar apartments in downtown Augusta. Same thing in North Augusta. A lot of times when I go walking, I walk through the Hammonds Ferry neighborhood um, where they're building a new house every day, looks like right there on the river and it's gorgeous wonderful environment. And then uh, you've also shared uh, in earlier conversations about the degree of poverty, particularly among people of color in North Augusta. Um, Tell us how that plays out and what that means to you. Sure. And I'll just talk about kind of our chance conversation because I was on SoundCloud looking at, you know, kind of my podcast and um, my favorite favorite podcast. And I I uh, actually came across a couple of your podcasts and it was there were consecutive conversations, one about homelessness in Augusta and another about um, 
I want to make sure I say this right. Basically, you know, building up um, kind of luxury homes and downtown and so going upscale. Right. And so I said, well, this is a tale in two parts. Um, and, and that, you know, was the previous conversation that we had. Um, and so it's very disconcerting for me as a person who understands that, you know, most, I would say, city governments and um, locales are inclined to want to invest more in luxury housing and going upscale, if you will, instead of investing in those people um, who need it the most. It's remarkable to me as a person who lives in North Augusta, who frequents Augusta. Um, if you drive down Georgia Avenue, and I could probably start you up um, where I-20 uh, and just, you know, up toward exit five. And this is, again, local podcast. So, look, local matters. People will know where I'm going with this. And you can go down Georgia Avenue into Georgia. Um, you can go past Sacred Heart, the cultural center. And in a, about a 10-minute, 10, 10 to 15-minute ride, you'll be able to see um, just the, the two worlds, if you will, in not only South Carolina and North Augusta, but also in, in Augusta. And you'll be able to see just on in one area and, and, and in very close proximity, you will be able to see prosperity and you will be able to see poverty. And to me, this is a, a very serious issue. Um, and this is, again, one of the reasons why I appreciate your podcast so much is because I know that you will speak to both dynamics very responsibly. I um, had the opportunity to speak to the North Augusta City Council um, actually on Monday evening. And I spoke with them about there being a crisis of poverty in North Augusta. And I mentioned it in that way, because despite the fact that African-Americans make up less than 20% of the population in North Augusta, they represent uh, close to 30% of the poverty rate. And so you have a four to one, um, again, four to one ratio of white um, to black to African-Americans um, in North Augusta, but black folks are four times as likely to be living below the poverty line. So what do we do about that? Um, I understand that the city of North Augusta is projected to receive close to $9 million um, through uh, the Biden administration's American Rescue Plan. And so I said, well, I know the city administrator over there was saying, hey, you know, we need to look at revenue replacement in light of obviously COVID and all of these different things that are happening. My response to that is very simple. There is a significant portion of the population that was not doing well before COVID, that now are experiencing new challenges and new difficulties that have been exacerbated by um, the pandemic. People saying the former pandemic, look, I, I'm still wearing my mask, friends. So, um, but with that said, <clears throat> excuse me, the understanding that there should be investments made in uh, pockets uh, or, or certain pockets, certain areas that will affect the entirety of North Augusta, not just, you know, SRP Park or not just Hammonds Ferry, not, you know, these uh, select locales, but the entirety of North Augusta. So I proposed spending $4 million at Summerfield Park, um, Summerfield Park, and just in comparing it with Riverview Park, um, understanding that obviously Riverview Park um, is obviously a standard in terms of, you know, uh, community service in terms of, you know, where you have your gyms and obviously it's hosted the Peach Jam for many years and understandably so, but also understanding that in terms of proximity and in terms of opportunity, um, Summerfield Park 
services a significant portion of North Augusta, particularly its African-American population. And so some, there are strides and improvements being made to Summerfield Park. How can we accelerate those and facilitate those in a way that helps? Um, there are comparison that can be made um, with the shuttles that we see at the ballpark. Why don't we have some of those shuttles that, throughout the community? I, I think a lot of people will say, you know, it's fairly inefficient to have, you know, uh, 50, 60 seat buses. You know, I get that. Let's try 10 to 15, you know, maybe smaller vans, maybe smaller buses as an opportunity, again, to facilitate transportation needs in North Augusta. And um, there's so much, obviously, that's being made about supporting Black-owned businesses. Again, driving down Georgia Avenue, uh, Black-owned businesses are virtually non-existent. Um, there are two that are that are on a barely visible marquee. Why don't we invest? My suggestion for investment is $100,000 grants, not loans, grants, um, to 20 um, Black-owned businesses. And that, of course, would amount to the $2 million um, that, I was spoken, that I had spoken about previously in terms of the Biden plan. Presented that to city council. Um, did not get the response I was looking for, in all honesty. Um, and I understand, again, you know, we understand how politics works. It's not about one man or even 10 men. It's about, you know, uh, a city coming together. It's about a, a select group of people coming together and coming uh, together fervently. Um, and that's where, you know, where we start to see the local matter, local matters, um, where we start to see the making a difference component <laughs> of getting things done uh, in, in city government. Um, interesting, um, as you talk about not getting the response that you were looking for, can you talk about the racial makeup of the North Augusta City Council? Because I frankly don't know. Oh, sure. It's, um, it is historically, and I would say unapologetically white. Um, it's overwhelmingly white, um, white mayor. As a matter of fact, there was a gentleman, African-American, who ran for, um, who ran for mayor of North Augusta. And it was a pretty big deal just by virtue of the fact that he was running for city council. But it's, it's largely white and um, and when you look at just even just some of the, I would say the procedure of uh, the, um, you know, processions and just the way that they govern, uh, it, it really just serves a, a select populace. And it's very disconcerting. I think that's even uh, evident. And, you know, when you get your voter turnout, uh, the most recent election had a uh, 12% voter turnout. Um, and so you're talking about one in eight people in a town of 24,000 people, which is relatively small. But when you say, hey, we're, we're going to allow essentially three to 4,000 people to decide the elections, that's a, a very small number. And the challenge is, once again, to want to get people involved, to hear out, you know, community concerns, um, you know, just in terms of just being uh, responsible and governing. Yeah, and, and representation is so important. Absolutely. And appears uh, that there has not been a lot of advocacy for the poor population there in, in North Augusta. Um, as, and have you lived in North Augusta your whole life? I've basically lived in, in this area. Um, was born in Augusta, basically stayed in Clearwater around Midland Valley High School. I was zoned for Aiken High. Um, actually, when I moved back from Florida a and I've basically been living in North Augusta since then. So I would say since 2009, but like I tell people, it, North Augusta, Augusta, Aiken, it's the CSRA. It's it's virtually the same and a um, lot of different connections and relationships, I would say, um, that I've been able to make. And just 
really it's just the nature of the um, the nature of the area. It's just really just uh, linked together in a lot of different ways. Okay. You know, one of the questions that uh, I frequently get asked is, do you think you'll ever run for office? <laughs> and I always kind of say, nah, <laughs> that's not my thing. What about you? Could you see yourself ever running for office as a way to uh, formally address some of the issues that you brought to our attention today? I want to talk about that. Uh, my mom, I sent her a commentary that I had shared on Juneteenth. And my mom was like, you know, don't miss your opportunity to run for public office. And I said, you know, thanks, mom. And obviously being res respectful, you know, toward my mother. Um, I just I think that the past year has particularly shown us um, the strengths of electoral politics, but also the weaknesses of electoral politics. And I think just as African-Americans, I think there's a way that we have to get back um, to uh, just some of the essence of how we're able to gain to experience gains in electoral politics. There are strengths in electoral politics and there are weaknesses in electoral politics. And I think African-Americans have to get back to the essence of organizing, of mobilizing um, in a way that will generate strengths um, in our electoral politics. And I think there are great opportunities to do that. Um, I think as much as, you know, we're seeing black elected officials, um, there are still gaps um, in terms of communication, in terms of media, in terms of even just how we relay messages to those aforementioned black elected officials. And so um, I know that's a, a great responsibility of mine is something that is still a challenge that I'm still pushing through is just getting the word out. Um, I don't think that um, that can ever be trivialized. And I certainly think that part of uh, wanting to make sure that African-Americans are represented is also uh, synonymous with understanding that there has to be some type of way to get the word out. There's got to be, you know, comparable media outlets. And I know a lot of that's tied into wealth disparities and all these different types of things, but it, it underscores the importance of, again, just pushing these issues, talking about reparations, all of these different social justice claims that African-Americans have. Um, I think we have to um, speak on these things and speak on them boldly. Uh, and, and you're right, there is a place for uh, people like yourself and myself who really want to get the right information out there. Uh, one of my hopes in terms of uh, folks running for office and who decides to run for office is I want to educate people so they know how to evaluate those folks who are running. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that, and then some other things that be in place too, but get us to a point where we really are prepared to support the right types of candidates and the right types of candidates decide to get into the races because what I have heard repeatedly is people who would be interested in running, but they say, gosh, I don't want to be associated with the foolishness that's going on downtown, so I'm not going to run. Hmm. Um, meanwhile, we are, as a community, are desperately in need of folks who will, would be willing to advocate for uh, our interests and advocate for, for change. So, um, hopefully we will get to the point with more education, voter education, civic education, we get to the point where we do have the right people who are interested and we know how to recognize the right people when we see them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one, of, one of our weaknesses, quite frankly, is people tend to vote for the person they know as opposed to voting for the person who really is equipped to, to serve their interests. Political discernment, in short, right? 
Yes, political disarmament. Good phrase. And we have to start start using that. Uh, we just got a, a few minutes left. Um, can you first tell people how they access your podcast? If I have some uh, in my listening audience who want to become a part of yours, please tell them how to get to you. Absolutely. Uh, SoundCloud.com backslash making, M-A-K-I-N, a difference. That's SoundCloud.com backslash making a difference. You can also reach out if you're on social media via Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash making, again, M-A-K-I-N, a different show. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, Twitter handle is difference making, M-A-K-I-N. So j- those are the ways to uh, to be able to reach out from there. Oh, I can shoot me an email. I don't mind. I love uh, conversations and dialogue. And that way it's making, M-A-K-I-N, a different show at gmail.com. That's making a different show at gmail.com. I'm mostly on Facebook uh, right now and just, you know, uh, creating dialogue and sharing conversations and really just, you know, trying to um, push community concerns from that outlet. But like I said, I'm here for uh, just conversation, just for advancing the community. So glad to be on uh, this podcast. And obviously, I wish you all the best um, as you continue to do this and other and other endeavors and future endeavors. Thank you so much for being my guest today. You all know I like to have uh, a podcaster on. I have not had another podcaster on in a while, but it's kind of cool to feed off the shows and uh, hopefully it generates some interest for people who would be interested in uh, addressing some of the issues you got. Before you close out, though, because I know you're a sports fan, you got to tell me who you're picking to uh, make the NBA finals and who's going to win it. Oh, uh, I, I had my, my heart cut out. I was hoping that Kevin Durant would figure it out, but the fellow, I mean, played great, just ran out of gas against a pretty decent Milwaukee team. Mm-hmm. I've been telling people I think Milwaukee's going to win. I think it's going to be Milwaukee and Phoenix. Um, but Phoenix just had an amazing shot last night. They won on the alley oop. Kind of gave me kind of shades of uh, what Anthony Davis was able to do last year with that game one and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it seems like the mojo's with Phoenix, but um, but my my personal pick I think is Milwaukee. So we'll see what happens. How about yourself? What do you think? You know, I would love to see Chris Paul, Paul finally get over the hump and win a championship. I think he has been uh, sometimes unfairly maligned. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he's a tough kid. Uh, he's a tough old guy to them. 36 is real old. To them. <laughs> so he's a tough old man to the folks who are in the league right now. But um, I think it's tough love for the most part. And I would love to see him get over the hump. You think somebody who basically got injured in every playoff series he ever played <laughs> and now uh, faced with COVID-19 after having been vaccinated, which is pretty scary in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I just, I really, I, I would like to see uh, Giannis win. I think that'd be great. I, I don't share your interest in having Brooklyn win. I mean, I didn't care at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> Durant's already won a couple championships. I understand. Uh, Kyrie has won one yeah. uh, on his way to burning the house down in Boston. He, he won a championship. <laughs> Uh, Harden, bless him. He has not won anything. That was the only one I had any sympathy for. But, um, but yeah, they, they, I'm, I'm just fine that Brooklyn's at home. <laughs> I understand, yeah. And, and, and I would be real fine if if uh, uh, the Clippers go home. Uh, Paul George has proven that he actually can be playoff P. And Kyrie's already won a couple. So, I mean, not Kyrie, Kawhi. Kawhi. So, yeah, they can stay home. So, yeah, I, I'd like to see Phoenix win. That's my sentimental favorite, but I'm not sure if Milwaukee gets it. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. And uh, I just I thank you again so much for your inspiration as a podcaster. And uh, I invite the my listening audience to join his listening audience because it's really good stuff. Thank you so much. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.